Okay, you're listening to the Podwell Travel, and it's my pleasure to welcome to the show Dr. Robert Sinnerbrink, who's Associate Professor in the Department of Philosophy at Macquarie University. Robert, welcome to the show. Oh, hi there. Pleased to be here. Excellent. Now, um, we're talking about travel, as we do in a mm-hmm. travel podcast, but we're going to talk about philosophy too, whether it's the <laughs> philosophy of travel or the, the traveling philosophers. And, you know, I'm, I'm, it brings to mind Aristotle's peripatetic school, doesn't it? The idea of all these guys yes. walking around discussing things. Now, you, you've mentioned, um, actually, before we get started, are, yeah. are, are you a, a traveller normally? Look, I am someone who does enjoy travel. Mm. Um, my parents both come from different uh, uh, countries and continents. So right. as a child, I did travel a fair bit to South America and to Germany. And, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed traveling. Um, I'm, not, I'm not particularly, I think, you know, a global kind of, uh, uh, you know, round the globe kind of traveler or anything like that. But, you know, over the years, certainly have done my share of traveling and I've always enjoyed it. Um, mm. Even the boring bits of organizing a trip and picking up your luggage and trying to find hotels and so on. I think that's all part of the experience. I think you're absolutely right. And perhaps that's um, a lot of uh, the experience that people are actually missing. And, and you, you do talk about the idea yeah. that the some of the consequences of the pandemic is that inability to freely experience new places again and to travel. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. To, to what extent do you think it has impacted people so much that their their, their mental health is affected. Like, because I know there are a lot of people, yes. you'd almost think their lives depend on the ability to travel, which is obviously not presumably not the case. But um, yes. a lot of people almost identify themselves with someone who's, who's used to going on holidays, used to visiting other parts oh, of the definitely. world. So to have that suddenly yes. taken away from you, surely it must result in, in some form of discomfort. Absolutely. Look, I think for many of us, it, it was only through the experience of, of lockdown and then the experience of you know travel restrictions, which none of us have really encountered, I think, in, in our lifetimes in, in anything like this sort of global scale. It's only you know having gone through all of those experiences that I think we've come to realise how important travel is. Mm. And even you know for, for someone like me, I, I you know most of my travel, overseas travel and, and interstate travel, is generally connected with work. So conferences. You know, I'm mm. a university lecturer, so we do a lot of conferencing. And, you know, as, as I mentioned, um, sometimes that involves a lot of rigmarole, a lot of planning, a lot of, you know, kind of boring bureaucratic stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, now that that's been taken away, it's become clear how important that is, uh, you know, not only as a professional person, but I think just in general as, a, as an ordinary person, uh, having that experience of the freedom of movement, uh, being able to, you know, plan ahead and envisage what it's going to be like you know, to go to this city or, or that city or, or that location and just have that, that sense of, uh, you know, a kind of interruption of the everyday and experiencing something new, even if it's sort of familiar, you know, a city you've been before, uh, visited before or, you know, a conference with people you know or what have you. But just that sense of being taken out of the ordinary, taken out of your everyday sphere for a period of time and, you know, let alone uh, travel plans to do with holidays, you know, which I think people found very tough uh, when the lockdowns were first imposed and you had people stranded, for mm. example, in New South Wales. I uh, certainly had people stranded uh, at holiday, holiday locations away from, from the major cities and stuck there for long periods of time. And then other people who simply couldn't leave their uh, local neighbourhoods. Mm. And I think that, that sense of restriction really brought home to people how important travel is 
for us as modern individuals. I think we, you know, uh, are really sensing that for the first time now. Well, I think you're absolutely right. Those uh, states that were in um, extended periods of lockdown, um, fortunately mm. for us in Western Australia, that wasn't the case. But I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be sympathetic here. That's <laughs> right. Um, so I, I can I can see that point of view because it's not even that you can't jump on a plane or a cruise ship or something you can't yeah. even walk to your nearest park you know so yes. it's that it's that sense of travel in the old-fashioned sense where people did do a lot of walking or, or on horseback mm. or sailing Absolutely. ships or something like that and even that was closed off to people yes and that was a really huge issue i know you know where where we live in, in sydney we were in a local government area that thankfully was next door to the royal national park mm, in sydney so okay. we had this enormous wonderful bushwalking and cycling and kind of, you know, adventure park on our doorstep. So we were very lucky. But for a lot of people uh, who were confined literally to that five-kilometre radius, uh, you know, zone around your your household, uh, this was an extraordinarily stressful experience and and frustrating experience. I think, you know, as human beings, we are creatures who are designed to move and to be mobile and be able to kind of roam around our environments. And, uh, you know, for a lot of us, this is just something we, we take for granted. And, um, you know, when the lockdowns were imposed, even those very small trips, you know, to, to the local shopping centre or, uh, you know, to pick up supplies or to take the dog out for the, you know, three times around the block uh, walk that you were um, allowed to do, uh, that became incredibly, you know, valuable. And, um, you know, I think people were very, very conscious of how much travel you know, represents a sense of freedom and a sense of mobility and, mm. and a sense of well-being as well. No, absolutely. And, and as you say, those what would other, otherwise be everyday mundane tasks take on much greater significance. I mean, it's, yes. so it's, it's all a matter of context, isn't it? So it's really interesting. That's right. That's right. I have quite a long commute to uh, travel to, to work. I work at a university in Sydney and we live the other end of Sydney. And even that became an adventure, catching mm. my two or three trains, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, uh, doing the um, the daily commute became uh, uh, exciting again uh, once we were kind of deprived of that of that form of travel or transport, uh, you know, for a long period of time. Now, I'm just thinking about this. Uh, you're talking about um, why why we like to travel and this idea mm. of gaining self knowledge through experiencing other ways of life. Um, it's and also this idea that that we, we we test ourselves against the unfamiliar. I really yes. love that idea and challenge ourselves. But but surely that also the onus is on us to have the right mindset. I mean, you know, does travel always broaden the mind? That that that's my question. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think that's you know, if you like, that's one of the philosophical questions that you can ask about travel, particularly for for people who are really serious about travel. Um, I'm, I think about. You know, the importance of travel when you're a young person, let's say you just left school, you know, even that kind of ritual or rite of passage of, you know, you know, going up the coast with your friends or to Surface Paradise or to Schoolies or to Bali or whatever it is, or the Europe backpacking kind of adventure, which, you know, people used to do. I don't mm. know if that'll continue. I hope it does. But that sense of a, a ritual or rite of passage and kind of testing yourself, you know, as a young adult and having to learn, you know, uh, on the spot how to deal with new situations, new environments, a different culture. Um, one of the things that's always struck me about travel is um, even the most mundane things become a bit of a challenge. You know, how do I catch a bus? How do I order a beer? How do you use the, the local travel you know, card system? Um, all of those very sort of ordinary tasks suddenly become 
challenging, you know, because normally they're just routine things that we do mm. almost without thinking. And yet when you're in a new environment, a new city, and you have to work out, so I'm going to have to get the bus and then I'm going to have to ask um, how, do, how do I change and find this, um, you know, railway link and, and so on and find this hotel and, and so on. Um, it becomes, you know, very challenging. So that, that side of travel as a rite of passage in, into young adulthood, um, I think has been very important, you know, certainly in, in our society for a long time. And, you know, more broadly, I think even as, as one gets older, um, the idea of travel being a bit of a challenge, you know, adventure holidays, you know, where you, you, you want to be challenged a bit. You want to be taken, you know, into a, an environment that's, say, physically demanding um, or even uh, a cultural environment that's demanding, you know, where you don't speak the language and, you know, it's uh, quite different or, or, or alien to your um, familiar experience at home, you know. Uh, maybe different religious views or, or different kind of history and, and different kind of cultural practices. Absolutely, so, yeah. Th- yeah, there's definitely that sense of being tested and pushed, which can be very satisfying, very enjoyable, even if sometimes it's a bit stressful as well. <laughs> no, look, you're absolutely right. And I, I likened it to, to you know stretching or something like that. You, there has mm. to be a, a, some amount of tension to be able to stretch, yes. but, but, the, but the result is very relaxing, actually, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, I think there's that sense of satisfaction mm. and, and kind of, I don't know if mastery is the right word, but just the sense of, of accomplishment, you know. And, and I think anyone who's been traveling, even sort of the, um, the little excursions that you'll plan, if they come off the right way and you've managed to, you know, um, find the hotel or book, book the, um, the, the tickets and, and find the museum or find the bush track or whatever it is that you're doing, and you know, even if that's quite stressful, and, and often it can be, there's a, a real sense of satisfaction at, at having achieved something, if you like, mm. um, even if it's in the context of you know relaxation and enjoyment. You've got some lovely quotes from um, from a number of philosophers here, and and I think yeah. two of them actually represent the extremes. You've got uh, <laughs> Montaigne saying one must always have one boots on and be ready to leave. Yeah. Now that, that that implies preparedness, that implies organisation, yeah. and then the other end of the spectrum we have Lao Tzu saying um, a good traveller has no fixed plans and is not intent on arriving. So where do you see there's that balance there? Because on the one hand we need to be organised, and on the other hand we need to be open yeah. and therefore almost disorganised just ready to go out there with no plans. Absolutely. Well, I think those two philosophers really encapsulate the, the two ends of the spectrum. I mean, mm. there's the, the highly organized traveler who has planned out everything, you know, always has their you know, boots on, be ready to, to leave, you know, also prepared for um, contingencies or adversity or unexpected developments. So I think that's part of Montaigne's point is that um, we always have to be prepared, um, you know, and certainly when traveling. Uh, and be ready to move on or be ready to improvise, if you like. Mm. Um, so there's that, that side of travel which involves you know, being prepared, organizing, planning, scheduling, you know, to make sure that everything goes smoothly as far as uh, you, know, you, you can possibly uh, tell. Uh, that's on the one hand uh, a way to approach travel, but then on the other hand is this much more kind of open to experience, um, contingent, kind of open-ended approach, which you get in the Lao Tzu quote, uh, which is, you know, much more about the experience, um, much more about, you know, being open to, to what happens uh, to contingency, uh, not, not having a fixed plan, 
and not even having a kind of fixed destination, but kind of being open to whatever happens in that experience. You know, so that that's the other end of the spectrum, and and maybe we can think about you know the um, the distinction people often uh, point to between you know, someone defining themselves as a traveller. Mm. You know, I'm not going on an organised tour. I'm going to just you know arrive there. No fixed plans. I'm just going to experience what the culture's like and just kind of make my own way and, and not plan anything. So that's much more the sort of Lao Tzu kind of approach. Whereas the person who, you know, goes for a much more organized uh, package or organized tour, you know, where things are kind of mapped out and, um, and you know, planned much more carefully, uh, maybe, you know, they side a little bit more with the Montaigne approach, you know, of always being prepared, uh, you know, no matter what, what uh, comes up next. Yeah, and look, and I guess the truth is there's always somewhere in the middle. And I think, mm. speaking for myself as, as, as a travel writer, uh, obviously there are certain things that need to be organised, like flights and, and hotel accommodation and so forth. But I like to make sure there are just days where I actually have no plans. I just want to step yes. outside the door and see what happens. Just um, yes, almost like absolutely. a, a flaneur or, or just a someone flaneur, just yeah, to, exactly. to wonder. And because I, I think so, I think having those, you know, somewhere in the middle is probably ideal, isn't it? Yes, and I think you're right that um, the ideal holiday or holiday experience does involve a, a kind of blend or a mixture of planned events and then unplanned uh, days or unplanned experiences. You know, um, I mean, we don't get much opportunity to, to have those sorts of uh, periods in our lives. You know, with work and you know social commitments and relationships and just the, the kind of daily routines that, that we um, live under. Uh, there's, you know, especially you know as an adult, and let's say you've got a responsible job or kids or you know uh, a kind of a complex life uh, there aren't really many opportunities for that kind of open unstructured time mm. where you can just you know go out and see what happens uh, and that's one of the attractions of, of travel uh, you know you can build in some of those some of those days as you say as part of your uh, your travel experience that's that's wonderful but I guess the, the best way to do that is to have uh, various plans and things organized ahead of time to allow you to have those those kind of open and unstructured days, uh, you know, to, to, to have um, you know, adventures and, and see what happens. And maybe combining the two is the real art of travel. Yeah, you're right, actually. I didn't, I didn't think of it that way. You're actually preparing for unpreparedness. You've, you've, got, to, <laughs> you've got to plan for those unplanned days. So it's, 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 it's quite, yeah. it's quite yeah. interesting. And, and, and it is one of the funny paradoxes of, of travel. I know Elaine de Baton, uh, who's um, you know, a British philosopher and writer, he's written a, a very entertaining book called The Art of Travel. And mm. he kind of takes an interesting angle. He points out a lot of the frustrations and um, stress associated with travel. He, he's you know, keen to observe those uh, cases where the idea of travel seems better than the reality. You know, imagining the trip um, or maybe, you know, afterwards reflecting on it when you look at the photographs. And I know I've had this experience where at the time, um, I remember we did a, you know, uh, a tour through Spain with my wife and, and, and children and I was driving and it was incredibly stressful Spanish traffic, the, the road rules people drive you know, madly it was really hard to find things, my Spanish was very poor etc. So it was very stressful and you know every day was, was quite grueling um, you know, in terms of the actual travel but then in retrospect when we looked at photographs and talks about it then it was like oh what a, what a fantastic trip that's so amazing. I really wish we could do it again. <laughs> so I think you have to be open to, to both sides of that experience. I think you're right. And it's interesting you say that because there's a contrast there between myself and my wife. My wife actually 
much prefers the preparation and the planning of the trip. And she also loves looking at the photographs at the end because she invariably yes. says, your photographs make it look much better than it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, they are a really important part of modern travel. And I know there is this phenomenon, or at least before the pandemic, of, you know, selfie tourism, me tourism, mm. that idea of, you know, not so much traveling to broaden your horizons or have these transformative experiences that change you as a person, but traveling to get to that destination that's got the best backdrop so I can curate these incredible, you know, social media posts. And, and there is, you know, it is a thing. It is something that's, that's very popular. Um, I know, you know, here in Sydney, there are certain locations, again, in the National Park where people will jump over fences and find a particular kind of dramatic cliff, you know, which has a beautiful sort of, um, you know, ocean view and whatever to, to take that perfect selfie and, you know, have that as, you know, the point of the travel experience. But of course, you know, sometimes it goes wrong and people have terrible accidents and, you know, it, it, it can turn quite tragic. But that mm. idea that, that we have to document what we do and that the photographs of the journey are as important as the journey itself, that's a, that's a very common and very modern phenomenon. And I think that that's something worth looking at as well because it does say something about how we sort of make sense of our experiences, you know, particularly through uh, use of images and social media and so on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also that danger, isn't there, that you're, you know, I think it was T.S. Eliot or something, you, we, we, you, you live the experience of miss the moment or something like that. I can't, I'm misquoting yes. here. But, but there's yes. that danger that if you're so busy documenting something, you actually don't have the experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm of that generation that's still a little bit wary of, you know, how the digital natives, the younger generation, are just completely immersed in a sort of an image and social media kind of mm. culture. And for me, I, I do wonder sometimes if, if it's harder to be in the present, in the moment. Um, and again, you know, one important, you know, experience one can have when traveling is just that, you know, learning to, to kind of refocus and be present to what's happening. You know, here's this incredible beach or this, you know, ancient ruin or this medieval, you know, uh, cathedral or this kind of, you know, indigenous sacred site, whatever it is, and just being there in the moment and absorbing that experience in all its richness and all, all its, you know, intensity. And sometimes that, that can be hard to do. You know, you're thinking about, should I take a photograph? <laughs> What's next? And, you know, um, have I got the right shots? And, you know, wow, is, is this going to look right when I post it? And so on. So, you know, it, it, it is important to document our experiences and to, to have that, that aid to memory that photographs and so on can, can be. But on the other hand, you don't want the, you know, the um, memento to supplant the experience, you mm. know, so that it's, it's um, harder to be in that moment and absorb the experience. Um, and, you know, that a lot of the time that the photographs end up standing in for the experience itself. And you're right, and I think that that um, richness of experience that you talk about, I mean, therein lies the true value of, of travel for me, and, and I think the danger is if, if yeah. we're not getting that, or if we're just, oh, look, I mean, look, look, I don't want to be too hard on people, because let's face it, a lot of people just need a break. They just want to go and lie by a swimming pool in a luxury hotel. Absolutely. It doesn't matter where absolutely. it is, and that's absolutely fine. So, yeah. But but for those of us who are, who are travel writers or who are serious about travel, that, 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 that richness of experience is absolutely essential, because that is what changes you, changes your worldview as a person. Yes. Yes, I think that's a really good point, that, that idea that travel is transformative. 
You know, mm. that it's one of those experiences that you can have that if, if you have it in the right way, mm. can really shift your perspective or, or, or change your outlook as a person. And I think, you know, again, that's why it's always been such an important part of modern life and, and modern experience and a kind of a, a rite of passage that, that you have to go through certainly as a young person. Uh, you know, because we have that sense that um, those sort of experiences and, and, and that kind of exposure to other worlds you know, other perspectives, other ways of life. I mean, I've always thought that's incredibly important and, and such a, a rich part of, of travel. I mean, I love traveling around Australia, mm. you know, but there is something very um, profound about going to a, a very different environment um, where, you know, the, the way of life, and if you have enough time to just absorb a bit of that way of life and, you know, start to open yourself up to it, it can be incredibly um, enriching you know, and, and give you a very different perspective, not not only on the, you know, country or, or the society, the culture you're visiting, but on your own culture. And you realize how limited or kind of parochial a lot of our views and habits are, mm. you know, just by being mm. exposed to, to different worlds and different ways of life. No, you're absolutely right. Now, look, if, uh, a last question, if I may. Um, do you think, and this is purely, uh, you know, subjective opinion, but do you, do you think we're ever going to be, traveling, to be able to travel in the same way again? Oh, look, I think that's a really hard question mm. and an important question at the moment for, for a lot of people. Um, look, my hope is yes, but I think it's going to be very, very um, slow and halting returning to something like the, the, the kind of free and open sense of possibility around travel that, that we enjoyed pre-pandemic. Because, I mean, there's a whole lot of factors here. There's the availability of cheap flights example mm. um, there's the you know um, thriving sort of tourist industries uh, that, that make these sorts of journeys possible and affordable for, for people mm. I mean a lot of that as, as, as you would know um, has been massively impacted by by COVID you know uh, around the globe definitely uh, and but linked with that also is that that psychological impact that you were talking about earlier I think people are cautious and um, I know you know like most people, I've sort of had to weigh up, do, do we try and plan a trip now or do we just wait a bit more and, you know, is it going to be okay and let's see how things are looking, you know, in terms of the pandemic in, in a few months and so on. So there is that sense of um, a psychological, um, you know, risk assessment or evaluation mm. that goes on in relation to travel now that's much more uh, prevalent, much more acute. I mean, in the, in the past, people didn't think twice, um, you know, if you had the opportunity and the resources and the, uh, you know, the window of time, you would say, well, yes, let's let's do it. But now I think people are are much more wary or, or cautious or just taking their time. So I, I hope it does return because it has been such an important part of our lives for for a long time. Uh, maybe people will find different ways of arranging travel. So maybe it'll be a little less frequent, but mm. it could be more valuable as a result. I know. You know, uh, for us, um, conference travel doesn't look likely to come back anytime soon mm. in, in the same way. So we're hoping that we can find other ways of, um, of getting people together uh, because that's really another important aspect of it. You know, you think of uh, the number of people who have family overseas and relatives that they can't see and, um, you know, the importance of, of that kind of connection and communication You know, where, where you can go at Christmas time uh, or whatever to see grandma and grandpa, you know, uh, on the other side of the world. Uh, that's a really important part of travel too, which I, I think will and, and has to come back 
but but I hope that also includes people being able to to explore and expand their horizons and move around freely, um, you know, as as far as possible, uh, you know, in in the uh, coming years. We'll just have to see. And um, you know, all I can say is I hope that you know uh, the measures that we've got in place continue to improve, you know, safety and and mm. uh, you know the possibilities for travel, and that people will overcome their shyness or their anxieties and uh, you know get back out there and uh, explore the world you're absolutely right and perhaps there's there's a if there's a lesson to be taken away from all this it's that we we shouldn't take what we had for granted absolutely yes yes and you know again there's so much to see just in our own neck of the woods too mm, which a exactly. lot of people have been rediscovering you know which i think is great and um yeah so it's, it's going to be hard to keep people at home for, for too long so you know people will find ways i'm sure Indeed. Well, Robert, look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you for the pod Well Travelled. Thank you so much. And, and may you travel widely and freely in the, in the not-too-distant future. Thank you very much. No, I really enjoyed it. And I'll, I'll certainly hope <laughs> to be travelling more in the future. <laughs> okay. 